0: And welcome to The Wheel Life. I'm Dave. This is episode four, and I managed to convince Megan Williamson to take some time out of her busy schedule to talk a bit about uh, fitness, adaptive equipment, some stuff like that. Uh, Megan's got a lot on her plate. She's out there creating courses for fitness professionals, starting councils, you know, probably saving a few kittens out of trees, definitely rescuing some babies from house fires. So she's an all round good human, and I think you guys will definitely enjoy the interview. Uh, before we go to that, though, I'm going to take a little jab at Hollywood here. Um, uh, something I thought about for a long time, like, why are there not more characters in movies and TV that are in a wheelchair? Like, whether they're actually disabled or not, doesn't really matter. Just, like, the characters in the show, it'd be great to have some representation. So I've been thinking about that a lot, and I thought I'd put together a list of the top five characters that I would have liked to have seen portrayed in a wheelchair. number five will from goodwill hunting uh this is matt damon's character i think this one's a pretty good fit i mean the wheelchair is only going to make him look smarter makes him look a lot smarter and baston uh so it suits the character well and also it's like the last time i checked you don't really need to be able to walk to add or subtract so it should work you know uh do you like apples uh, I got the best parking spot in the school, how do you like them apples? Uh, anyway, it's a bad Boston accent. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Frodo Baggins from the mighty Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, uh, this works better for the first two ones, because I know what you're thinking. Mordor looks like probably the least accessible place on Earth. So it's like mo- more the third movie, I guess, but the first two for sure this would work. Frodo. He's not like some resourceless hobbit, you know I mean? He's rolling around with an elf, a dwarf, and a wizard. I mean, if Gandalf can't freaking like magic up some way to get around the stairs, then really, what the fuck is a wizard good for, right? So I'll admit the Sam and Frodo alone in Mordor thats a little bit tougher, but it, that I kind of picture like maybe Gollum with a harness, just kind of like dragging him up that crazy wall and stuff like that, or maybe like a dog sled sort of scenario with Gollum, uh, something like that it could make it work. Number three, I'm going to go with Woody from Toy Story. Uh, On the surface, this might sound like a funny choice, but I think it actually works out pretty nicely. Woody is a toy. And what is the one surefire thing that you can add to a toy to make it more fun? And the answer to that is wheels. So I think it works quite well. Um, uh, You know, it'd be something like, there's a snake in my seat cushion, or uh, somebody poisoned the waterhole, but luckily it wasn't accessible, so I didn't get harmed number two i'm gonna go with tony montana scarface you know i can picture tony montana rolling around with a gold wheelchair ak attached on each side you know the only thing in this world that gives orders has wheels that was fucking terrible ah you know that was terrible we're gonna use it this is probably funny how bad it was uh so keep on rolling to the grand Pooba number one I'm gonna go with Frankenstein now a little bit of a weird one he's more of I guess like the anti-hero I don't know if Frankenstein's the villain or the good guy in that story maybe Frankenstein's the good guy actually in that story but we're going to go with Frankenstein's in the wheelchair and uh this one is a bit of a no-brainer because you know the doctor he pieces this body together in the dead of the night out of god knows who I mean he's bound to make a few mistakes and then the lightning bolt hits, and you know, Frankenstein shoots up, and the doctor's just like, It's alive! It's alive! It's not walking. What the fuck? So that's my top five movie characters who should be in a wheelchair and not in a mean-spirited way, but in a their character should have been written that way sort of deal. So if you love that list, hate that list, if you have some additions to that list that I probably missed because I just did five of them, um, I can get me an Instagram. It is the dot wheel life on Instagram and my Yahoo email, which is apparently hilarious to have, is the underscore wheel life at I'm just going to use that for everything because I've gotten several comments that it is hilarious that I have a Yahoo email. So going with it. And now I'm going to throw to me with the interview. Thanks, Dave. I'm here with Megan Williamson. She is the owner and head coach of Ocean Rehab and Fitness located in beautiful Vancouver, BC. Hey, Megan, welcome to The Wheel Life.
1: Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me, Dave. And it's good to see you again. I haven't seen you in... A few years so it's nice
0: (laughs) yeah we met back in i think 2017 18 ish shortly after my injury doing some uh, physio stuff in vancouver
1: yeah at uh, the blossom spinal cord center is where i met you
0: yeah at i-cord that's right yeah um that's a great spot anyone listening to this that's in vancouver uh you need to get a workout in or you're looking for a gym that has adaptive equipment uh, that's the spot to be i-cord just google it you'll be able to find it um, uh, so maybe we wanted to start off just talking a little bit, uh, what brought you kind of into this industry of working with people with uh, either spinal injuries or just other disabilities and stuff, like how did you get rolling down this path?
1: Yeah, it was kind of um, a little bit unexpected, I guess. I, my background is actually in dance. I was a dance major and I went to school, did a lot of my training in um, the States. And then when I was living in L.A., I was looking for a choreography gig. And my roommate, who was an ex Paralympian, um, was dating a woman who was opening a gym and she needed some help. And we just hit it off and I needed a job. So she put me through the ringer and I got my cert and started going from there. And um, I didn't really start specializing in disabilities until I moved to Vancouver uh, about seven years ago. And it's when actually where you and I met at the Boston Spinal Cord Center, I was actually uh, in school for physio and are getting my prerequisites for that. And I was doing some volunteer hours at that gym that you're talking about, the Physical Activity Research Center. And it's essentially for people that are listening and don't know, it's a it's a study set up um, through UBC and it's to study the effects of exercise on people living with things like um, spinal cord injury or MS. And there's a couple other ones that are kind of grandfathered into the program. Um, But nonetheless, I started out there volunteering and the demand was so high. People started offering to pay for my services. And so I kind of like left school and started a business. And that was the birth of Ocean Rehab and Fitness. And that's kind of how I got into it. So
0: It's really cool. I remember, too, one of the things I like the most uh, about working with you is that you brought kind of the the fitness and the rehab together, not just like my experience with some rehab places have been they're very like uh, gentle on you. They don't necessarily want to push you too hard, which I understand is right for some people, but I'm like, I want to be super pushed. Like I want to go as hard as I can. And you really brought that to the whole thing, which is what I enjoyed working with you so much.
1: Awesome, that's cool. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because my slogan and the reason why I kind of came up with Ocean Rehab and Fitness was because there is a gap between acute rehab and somebody that lives with a disability and maybe isn't a Paralympian or a top athlete, but they want to get more fit or they want to learn a wheelchair sport or they want to be able to crawl around on the floor with their new kid and then get back in their chair, whatever it is. And there's a huge gap in the system from going from acute rehab to learning these other skills. and that So bridging the gap between rehab and fitness is kind of my my um, like the biggest value system that I have with starting with with this venture. So it's cool that you say that.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome because I do think it's a big deal. It's something that's uh, I don't know if it's not talked about or it's overlooked or whatever, but it's certainly something that's lacking in a lot of places I found. Um, uh, But what goes with that, I guess, is also not everyone has either the money to get some like fancy accessible equipment at their place or they don't have an access to a place like park where you can just go and work out uh, like for free and be part of the whole deal. Uh, so what are some ways that you can make like a, say like a normal gym? Uh, just what's good equipment that you could use, make it kind of adaptive, make it more inclusive. What are, what are some of the tips you have for that?
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So I actually teach a lot of online group classes that are um, to people around Canada and actually the the world lately. Um, and it's these people, a lot of these people have been in a pandemic and they're not able to go to a gym. So that's the question, right? Is, what can these people use at home that's pretty accessible non-expensive um and versatile for someone that maybe you know can't use their hands or you know can't use their their full trunk so some of the most uh, effective equipment that i've been using in programming with clients is um, one is just something as simple as like a broomstick or a dowel you can go get a dowel cut at home hardware for like two dollars and 80 cents um so i typically use those Um, I know some of my clients just use like a broomstick or like a really long umbrella that hasn't been opened. Um, That's really good for shoulder stability, core work, um, finding your center again for anybody like that maybe has an impacted trunk and needs to find their center of balance again. Um, Things like, even if you don't have TheraBands, like TheraBands are really cheap. I get clients to use those a lot, even if you don't have those I tell women to get out their yoga pants everyone has yoga pants, especially here in Vancouver. Um, Those work great for bands and you can tie them up to anything. um, Even tights anything like that Uh, I really like soup cans for weights for people that don't have any dumbbells at home for a while you couldn't get dumbbells anywhere because of the pandemic so any light soup cans dog cans. Uh, If you're a little bit more into the heavier lifting or you're 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 able to even things like um, big um, sometimes we can use like watermelons or some some like heavier milk jugs um, just to get you know get it thrown around for some core work. Um, So those are some handy things that we use even rolled up towels are good to put under your knees somebody's doing uh, like I know you and I used to do some quad extensions um you can put it behind your back in between your chair and your back to get yourself up a little higher for posture honestly it's like endless there's so many things you can use in your home and you don't need to spend any money so i really i I like trying to make my programs accessible for everyone because not 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 everybody can afford to just go out and get new adaptive equipment is the reality so
0: Yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that it's just difficult for them to get around, period. So being able to do their workout from home probably makes it more realistic that they'll actually make a habit out of it. It'll become something that they can do consistently instead of just, you know, every now and then.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And on that note, you don't even need any equipment. If somebody's new to working out or they are very limited and they maybe have a really high level injury, body weight and just dynamic movement in space is probably like your best bet. So,
0: yeah, that, I think that's a big trend with fitness, uh, period, really going on a lot of just like sort of body weight stuff using, uh, using sort of push pushups, uh, stuff like that, instead of just mm-hmm. using free weights all the time. Yeah. So uh, what are some other tips you'd have, say someone can go to a gym or like they live in a condo, but it's more of a normal gym, maybe they just have bench presses and stuff like that. Is there a certain kind of uh, sort of average workout equipment that you know about that's easy to adapt, or there's ways you can maybe adapt for someone who's uh, got some kind of limitations?
1: Yeah, I think it really depends on if you're able to transfer. Um, I'm assuming, if, say, somebody's using a walk or like a, a wheelchair, a scooter, uh, or even a walker, like if you're able to transfer and get yourself down to a bench or transfer out of your chair into a bench um or even to a floor that can make a huge difference so if you can transfer if that person can transfer it's going to open up your world a lot more so things like benches are really good to use and if that individual wants to use like a chest strap that's another thing that's pretty cheap that you can get um chest strap would be used for someone who's maybe like a quad or has a higher level injury or maybe has pretty affected ms and they need a little more um, support in their trunk so that they don't fall over. Um, if you have a chest drop like that and you're a lower level injury where you can transfer even something as simple as sitting say you're sitting on a bench press. Um, strapping your legs together so that your hips and your knees stay in line, and then you can lie down and do your bench press or your incline press. Um, Something like that can just create so much more stability and open you up to all these other new exercises that maybe you wouldn't be able to do if you didn't have that extra support. Um, The floor I love if people can get to the floor because it's safe. You can put all, you can have all the weights you want, you can do floor presses, um, you can do seated overhead press and it's if something happens you're literally just going to fall like a foot down. Um, so I like that, especially when I have people working out my clients when I'm not there, because I know they're going to be safe and they can take risks and on the floor, as you know, floor work is really good for your trunk. And it's really hard to move around when you have any type of compromised trunk. So there you get your body weight on your upper, on your upper body and your limbs and that trunk work. So I, I really like that as well. Um, if you're anybody that has your grip affected. So if somebody has trouble gripping anything, you can get things like hook grips, which are typically used by gym goers that use like barbells and stuff. They can be pretty cheap, like 20 bucks, each, like 20 bucks for a pair on Amazon, maybe even cheaper. Um, and those are really good if you want, to, like you can use those with bands, you can use those with dumbbells, somebody that might just have their grip affecting how much they can lift. And that just bypasses that so that they can do, you know, a heavy pull down or a seated cable row or whatever it is that they want to do. And they're not limited by their grip muscles because of the disability that they may have that affects it. Um, You'd be surprised how many disabilities are affected by those smaller muscles like their like grip strength. Um, So that's another really good way um, to be able to adapt a home gym if you have some of those compromises going on.
0: And are those little hooks you're talking about the white ones that you see weightlifters sometimes have they're attached on their wrists?
1: Exactly. So they they go on your wrist usually like a velcro and then in in the palm of your hand they would have like a bar like a hook or two prongs and it's basically big enough to set in like a dumbbell or a bar and so it, you would do it in things where you're hanging. You wouldn't be able to do it with like an overhead press. That wouldn't do much, but if you're doing like a cable row or a bent over row, um, something like that, it works great.
0: Right, right. I also wanted to talk to you about, sort of just in general, how you put an exercise routine together for your clients. I know uh, kind of the classic thing is like, you know, do an arm day, a cardio day, a leg day, whatever. Do do you split out your routines like that at all? Like how, do, how do you put it all together?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Typically, I don't only because, well, number one, i don't typically see clients with disabilities as frequently and a lot of that there's many reasons for that some is cost um because i'm not a registered kinesiologist so you can't write me off um unless you own your own business you can try but i'm I'm not um covered by insurance or anything so i know a lot of clients get their physio covered and they their kinesiologist covered if especially they've been in a work safe accident or anything like that so um, so for that reason, typically once a, once or twice a week would be the max I would see a client. Um, and so because of that, I typically program around what they're doing otherwise. So I, I always give homework. I with somebody with a disability, once a week is not going to cut it in terms of making any improvements. Whether whether you're wanting to improve your walking or improve your your sport that you play, like a wheelchair sport or just lose weight whatever whatever it is right um so i always give homework so i'll I'll typically do it around their schedule like what they're doing otherwise when they're not with me uh so for example i have a team of dragon boaters that i train they all have ms and they paddle on once a week so knowing that they're going to be paddling in in their in their workout Um, The other day that I see the team members, they're ambulatory, so I'll work a lot more on their lower body and core, because they're getting a lot of that upper body in their team training. So something like that, I kind of work with what they're doing already. Um, Typically, I don't do um, body parts like that with people with disabilities, like what you're saying, like with the splits, unless they're training for aesthetics. And I rarely get clients training specifically for aesthetics. It's always a nice like freebie that happens when you train like hard and well. Um, Yeah, exactly. Dave's arms. (laughs) Um, But usually my clients are seeking out more improving the quality of their life. So they want to improve their transfers. They want to improve their bowel and bladder function. Um, They want to improve their strength. They want to improve their performance in their sport so typically it's going to be a little bit more balanced workouts because of that and then on top of that and i know you and i did a lot of this was um the wheeling aspect so if i have a client that uses a manual wheelchair and they're quite active they're going to be doing a lot of that pushing right and that's a lot of those anterior muscles and they're not getting as much of the posterior muscles so i tend to do really heavy Posterior chain workouts with my clients that use manual chairs and that's something that I know I did with you when we were out on the floor. Um, And that's really important just to decrease the risk of any postural stuff later on, because the fact of the matter is our bodies aren't meant to sit. And when we're sitting it's bad enough that we all sit at our desks on a computer all day, but then when you put a body in a chair. And now they've lost a lot of their function. Some of like a lot of those muscles, if we don't use them, you're going to get lost and you won't be able to use them anymore. So my biggest goal when weight training with clients in terms of um, obviously respecting their goals, but also is just keeping that balance and really focusing on how am I going to keep them and their body working correctly and at the highest level. Because if you don't, those postural imbalances just create a lot of pain and a lot of headaches and, and physio later. And I don't want my clients to have to go to physio. I want them to see me and just be good, you know? Um, so that's that's kind of how I balance the workouts.
0: Uh, you mentioned bowel and bladder. I know it's a bit of a touchy subject uh, that doesn't get talked about. A lot of people uh, have issues with it. Um, are there any like, specific exercises or routines that you found uh, help with that. I know if you look online, it'd probably be like, you know, kegel exercises or whatever. What, what's your experience with that?
1: Well, to be honest, I think the, I've never specifically had a bowel and bladder program with a client where that's like, they're going to me for that goal. That's usually something that they would work on with. Um, like usually the neuro doctors, um physio i'm sure there's obviously some things that would be addressed maybe in the acute phase which would be here in bc would maybe be when they're still a gf strong um but i do know that if you are following a healthy um like following an anti-inflammatory diet and exercising and being able to stimulate a lot of your muscles whether that's naturally through exercise or maybe you use something like an fes bike or maybe you're getting some type of other therapy that can help. Um, there's all those um, like stimulation type stuff that's out now. Maybe not to the general public, but um, maybe at your at the physio office or something. There they have um, access to that. I know that when you start to combine those things, there are studies that show that that can help improve. Also, staying at a healthy weight um, and and hormone ba- imbalances as well. So you know, having the stress levels looked at, obviously, when, you know, if somebody's been hit with a diagnosis of MS in their earlier days, or they've had a, a traumatic accident where they come out on the other end with an, with an injury, um, there's a lot of the emotional and, and hormonal things that can go along with all of that um, with recovery. So I know that a lot of that has a lot to do with it um but I wouldn't ever I would never tell someone that I know specifically what can help I just know how I can support um creating a healthy lifestyle for someone and that does start with you know there's the emotions there's the physical and the nutrition what we're putting in our body and uh any other supplemental thing that they would want to do with a neuro doctor or a physio I would 100 percent support a client doing that because it does seem to be pretty helpful.
0: Yeah, it's certainly an all encompassing sort of solutions, like not just any one thing is going to do the trick.
1: Yeah, you're right. And that's one of the things I hear from clients. I do have a lot of clients that like, for example, for bladder, I have a lot of clients that actually get Botox done for bladder, and it works for a lot of them. And some of them, it just doesn't. Right. So then they try something else with their doctor Um, and bowel, like there's many different ways you can do a bowel routine. There's many different ways people can do it. I have some clients that do it; they're way better off having it every, having a routine every morning. And some people need to do it every other day. So it, it really just depends. And I think, like you said, it it's really individual. And I think people just have to do what works for them and uh, try something. I think I don't know if it doesn't hurt you to try, and especially if it opens up like an easier way to get through your day might be worth it
0: yeah I mean and you know it's like worst case scenario you learn what not to do at least next time um uh, you were talking a little bit earlier about the uh, online training that you do and I know you started a program specifically for that so I don't know if you wanted to maybe like expound on that a little bit tell everyone about that program
1: yeah I'd love to so uh ocean insider club is what it's called and it's um, just oceaninsiderclub.com and essentially it's an adaptive training platform for people living with disabilities, um, because I had a client come up to me one day, she was in a just a regular like community center gym. She has a she has a spinal injury, and she's not very athletic. She's played wheelchair basketball for like her entire adult life, and she was on the row machine in this gym, and the trainer there, the head fitness manager, didn't want to help her because of her injury. She just wanted some information she's like hey like how's my form can you help me on this machine and they 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 were essentially fearful of helping her and so this is kind of how i came about this she told me about it and she just said like do you have any type of subscription based platform i can look at or because as you know dave i'm sure the apps out there for anything don't give any adjustments or like alterations to the exercises if you have If you're in a wheelchair, if you're using a walker, anything like that, it's just it's geared at like a fit able bodied person. And so I thought, wow, I'm doing this. I'm just going to make a platform. (laughs) So that's essentially what it is. So it's a month, it's, you can sign up monthly uh, or annually. And you get access to dozens of adaptive workouts and exercises, and they all are all the workouts are geared off of the uh, international guidelines for spinal cord injury. And it comes with one-on-one coaching through Zoom with myself and my team members. And it's been really great because in the pandemic, it's really allowed people with disabilities to work out from home and see a coach and utilize what they have in the home and see results. And actually, a lot of my clients have been thriving on this platform more than they did in person. I have so many clients that actually are preferring to stay online, even though they can now come into a gym. Because they're, like you said, they're creating habits in the home. They're getting comfortable with working out during their day. Uh, this site is super accessible. It's super easy to use. Uh, I have high level injury clients that can toggle their way through the through the site. no problem. Um, and that was the goal was to give it give it, and it, and it's relatively affordable, considering. So that was kind of the goal was to, to bring something that people around the world could use, have access to, to high level coaches and have it be accessible. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been great and uh, I'm really excited about it. And um, about a year ago, the Disability Foundation actually partnered with me uh, and the team. So they, uh, they sponsor uh, roughly 75 participants a year to uh to take to do this program for about three months at a time and which is awesome so it's been yeah it's been really fun it's busy and uh people seem to really like it so I'm happy about that
0: well it's a phenomenal idea really like because even like pandemic or not just like we were talking about people getting tuned from the gym like there's a lot of people with full ability that can't be bothered to freaking go to the gym to work out you know what I mean <laughs> and if you have like say you had to take a handy dart or you had to have someone drive you or you have to, all these barriers in between your apps kind of removing that. And it's allowing people to improve themselves from home yeah. and get into a habit of doing it. And I, that's a really cool thing. It's a positive thing to come out of the pandemic for sure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, also want to touch a little bit on nutrition. Uh, Cause I know you have a bit of a background in that too. Um, I don't know if you actually like make like nutrition sort of uh, plans and stuff like that with your clients, or if you just generally advise people like eat healthy, eat some broccoli, don't be stupid. Or like, what's <laughs> what's kind of your general advice, and what do you do? What kind of services do you provide when it comes to nutrition, if you do provide any?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I I do have my uh, nutritional coaching certification, which is a little bit different than being able to prescribe diets. Um, There, I will say this, there are a lot of um, trainers and coaches out there that do prescribe diets with the same certification that I have. Um, But when it comes to people with disabilities, especially neurological uh, diseases or neurological dysfunction, it's a very, very specific, um, it's a very specific niche that's definitely uh, out of my scope. And I, I would highly recommend anybody that has a some type of neuro condition that they go to a specific dietitian that's that is specializing in that because for example we will use spinal cord for example as you know when you when you're in a wheelchair for most of your time and you lose the loss of some of your limbs your um the rate at which you burn calories is significantly dropped because you're not using those big muscles anymore like in your legs right and your hips maybe for some people So the calorie intake that is required to maintain a healthy body weight is now roughly half for most people, depending on, you know, spasticity and, and if they can, if they can walk, et cetera, et cetera. So it's hard enough to get in the proper nutrients day to day, as somebody who is using their muscles and can hit up to, you know, I don't know, some guys need like 3000 plus calories a day. Right, but now if you cut that in half and now you still have to get in those requirements and still maybe do focus things on like keeping your inflammation down right or or taking care of. uh, A type of essential nutrients that's maybe lowered because of the injury, etc, etc, so it gets even harder to dial that in, and so that takes that is something that I would highly recommend people go, why you would wanna to go to a, a dietitian who's had the training in, neuro, in neuromuscular um, dysfunction, or even like, I know UBC has has like special dietitians that work specifically for people with MS. So there, there's definitely a lot of resources out there, but that that's definitely not within my scope. So when I do do coaching with my clients on nutrition, it's typically gonna be coaching habits. So general nutritional ideas, things like breaking down what a macro is, like a macronutrient, um, what are essential essential nutrients or essential vitamins, why do we need to get them through food, um, that kind of thing I can give information on, like really general, what are inflammatory foods. Um, but I primarily mostly like to help with coaching. So if I have a client that says, oh, you know, like I really want to, I really want to try and lose weight because it's really slowing me down and i'm really tired and i want to try and get my walking up to speed uh i will help them like figure out what the barriers are why like what they really want to get and what what we need to dial in and how we can make it easy for them to get there like day-to-day habits um kind of set up a plan like a success plan so that's that's kind of more my jam and what i'm confident doing with clients And at the end of the day, um, I think that's unless you really need a specific thing addressed in your in your diet. um, The coaching of the habits is really what makes a difference, because changing our habits, whether it's a workout habit or a nutrition habit, even just making the bed for some people like it's hard, it's hard to make changes like that. And unless you break it down and really focus on it a lot of times we take on too much and then we don't achieve anything and we just end up stirring the pot and that's it. So I like to really break it down and slow everything down and just show clients like you can do this, it's going to take time. Um, But over time, when you focus on one habit at a time, it's possible. And then that's when you start to see the change.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. If too much information overload is just going to discourage someone that's already trying to do something that's probably pretty difficult for them. So. Interesting. Um. Uh. Something else we were talking about before. You had mentioned. Uh. You're the head educator slash creator of the North American Council for Inclusive Fitness. Um. Uh. I don't know exactly like what you guys do. How do you want to talk about that a little bit and tell us what that's like? What that's yeah. Like. Sure.
1: So, um. Another activity I did in the pandemic <laughs> was. Uh, Keeping busy. Um, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I was busy. Took advantage. Um. Sure. So one of the one of the things I'm finding is. I was finding it pretty hard to uh, onboard other fitness professionals that had the knowledge to help me with, with these online clients and help um, me with, with in-person clients that have disabilities. And there, there isn't a whole lot out there in terms of resources and especially not in Canada. Um, I know they offer a couple courses in Australia, maybe one in Australia and there's one in the, in the States. But there wasn't any courses for fitness professionals specifically on how to help them um, train people with disabilities and uh your cat's really cute
0: (laughs) (laughs) she's being a problem right now
1: (laughs) um so i gathered together a team uh, a beautiful team of experts from all different areas some were accessibility experts from the rick hansen institute um, i'm sorry the rick hansen foundation um, others were experts that are working on the COVID long haulers right now out of the, the hospital at St. Paul's, um, and then experts in the field of arthritis, uh, the list goes on. And so we created a course that is specifically for fitness professionals to take that can give them the fundamentals um, on how to work with clients or take on a client that has a physical disability. So it's a, it's a, a virtual course. So right now it is, so it's super safe and anyone can take it and it's about six hours. And it comes with um, a textbook that was co-written um, by myself and my uh, my editor, uh, Susan Curry. And um, it features a section by Dr. Jack Taunton, who's doing the COVID long hauler studies in Vancouver. And essentially we go through the basics of things like how to adapt your facility, how to, um, we talk about disability language and, the appropriations there. Um, Programming for the specific disabilities actually go into depth in seven different disabilities, spinal cord being one of them, and how to program for each, the things, what to look for, common issues, um, assessing, how to assess clients with a physical disability, depending on their goals, what to look for. Um, There's about six modules in the course, and we just had our launch in June, and we got great feedback. Our next course is uh, set to be September eighteenth, And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I love teaching it. And uh, I'm really looking forward to being able to teach it more and have more people join in our last course. We had people from all over the globe. We had someone from Australia take it. Uh, We had a team from Bangladesh take it and the US all over Canada. So yeah, it's it's really exciting, and I'm looking forward to getting it out there. And uh, we're gonna be featured in actually at the global event at the CanFit Pro Summit coming up. Um, anybody who's a fitness professional would have heard of CanFit Pro, um, but that'll be coming up in a few weeks. And yeah, so that's, uh, that's um, it's called NASF NACIF. And the course itself is called Breaking Barriers fundamentals of training clients with physical disabilities.
0: And so if someone wanted to sign up for that, uh, where would they go? Just your website or?
1: Yeah, I would just get them to contact me directly. Actually, I don't know if you're going to put my email up after this. Um, the oh, yeah. link is on which doctor, um, which is the platform that we, that we, um, stream it off of, but it's probably just easier to, uh, e- you just email me personally and I can just send them the link. So Megan at ocean Rehab and fitness.com.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely I'll post out any like links and uh, contact info and cool. stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I, I can give
1: that. you the link to the
0: course too. Yeah, please do. That's great. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I love how motivated you are to help a whole group of people that did isn't like, you know, I mean, I don't know if you had anyone in your life that maybe had a disability or that's made you want to work with people that have disabilities, but it's like you put so much time and effort into make people like me's life better. You know what I mean? Not to sound like a sappy <laughs> sort of thing, but it's really cool. Like you're so, you're so motivated. You do all this stuff. Like you do a hell of a lot more than I do for people with wheelchairs. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just, Aww, thank it's just, you. yeah, it's just cool to see, uh, what you're doing. And I just want to, uh, you know, keep on that. We'll have you on a few more times for sure. And, uh, I love it. yeah, we just keep talking, see where things go. And, uh, cool. definitely probably, you know, maybe pull a little more info about nutrition and stuff out of you on the next one. Cause awesome. I, I had a, an experience when I got, uh, paralyzed. I got all into like, what's the healthiest thing I could possibly do? What's the healthiest diet I could have? I end up coming up with being vegan, whether that's right or wrong. I don't, I'm not trying to <laughs> go down that whole rabbit <laughs> hole, but like it's, it affected my life. It seen it's done very well for me. I'd just be mm-hmm. interested to hear kind of your opinion on that and just different diets and stuff, but we can put a pin in that uh, for next time. Is there anything else uh, you'd like to say, maybe just to someone who is either a little hesitant about even doing exercise or doing physio i know a big thing for me when i first uh, was hurt as well not to make it about me again but when when you first start sometimes you work out a lot and then maybe at first you don't see a lot of uh success or you don't see a lot of change and that can be frustrating you know what i mean you just gotta stick with it what, what's some of the advice for someone who's just getting into physio after being hurt
1: yeah so number one so the word neuroplasticity which if anybody's listening and they have had an injury or they have been diagnosed with some type of disability they might have heard it neuroplasticity is the ability of our brain to change essentially so when we for example if somebody gets a spinal cord injury and they've lost the that, that motor skill to be able to move say like a foot or a toe um, or do a certain movement Neuroplasticity is figuring out it's the brain finding a new pathway to get the job done, right? So sometimes, a lot of times, especially if we've been injured or we've been in, in a hospital and rehab, and we're, there's there's a level that we can get back to, and a lot of times, no one knows what people can get back to, right? It's that's why people say like, no one no one really does like oh well, you'll I'm not sure about you but I'm hearing more from earlier or I guess um people that have been injured or been diagnosed more recently, people aren't saying them to them anymore, like, oh, you'll never walk again. Um,
0: That's exactly all I heard.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, and maybe this is just of who I'm around because of the environment I, I work in, but um, I mean, there's thing. lots of things can happen and no one really knows, right? And, and rehab has come so far. So one of the things um, with when it comes to neuroplasticity, that relearning of movement, essentially, you're remapping the brain on how to do a task, right. And part of part of that, of that brain rewiring that neuroplasticity, it requires um, a plateau period. So we can work really hard at something and start seeing improvement, maybe, or feel really good. And then all of a sudden, and you're like deep into your work, there'll be weeks where you see nothing or feel nothing and it can get super frustrating. But what we aren't aware of is that that's actually part of neuroplasticity, that's brain mapping happening, that's the connection happening and it needs to go through that for you to make the breakthrough. So I guess what I would say to anybody working on any type of physio or they're starting a routine, if you feel like you're plateauing and you've just started and you're within the first six weeks, keep going this is the time to not stop because all of a sudden if you keep going there will be that day where things will click and you will see that whatever it is you're working on you'll see you'll see a sign of something um so hang in there because it it will come together but it's when you start getting frustrated that's usually when i tell people get your head down and keep working because that's when you need to work
0: yeah that's that's great advice for sure it's funny that's cool to hear that they're No longer maybe telling people that because not every doctor told me that like the, the spinal surgeon whatever he didn't tell me that he was like man who knows what can happen like you know yada yada but a lot of the people and a lot of the nurses or the people at GF Strong in my experience were like oh you're paralyzed you're just paralyzed now that's it so to to have people tell you that I mean I'm pretty strong minded so I didn't really care but like for a lot of people hear that they're probably like well then what's the point of doing physio like why am I going to waste my time or money doing that and that's such a not the way to approach it.
1: I agree. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to hear that stuff, right? And that's, that's actually one of the barriers that we teach in our course is why somebody with a disability might not go to a gym, or why might I, why may they may not seek out help from a fitness professional. And that's one of the reasons is, maybe they've been told that there's no point or they've been diagnosed with a disease that there's no cure for they think, well, why would I bother? Right? and that's a barrier that's an external barrier um to us external to them that's an internal barrier as to why they may not seek out help when in reality it could help them a lot and change their life
0: yeah big time even if it's just quality of life even it's just Mm -hmm. a little bit it's in my experience physio side of things and just being active in general has just been phenomenally helpful um uh, mind you i have no comparison of another version of me who didn't do that but
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you love
0: it so and it's working <laughs> exactly, exactly yeah so i'll keep going with it <laughs> well megan uh this has been great to talk to you we'll definitely have you on again i want to thank you so much for uh taking the time and that was just a lot of really good info and uh also just thanks for doing what you do it makes uh, makes life better for a lot of people who are you know dealing with some shit and people like you make that better so Aww. thanks for joining us and uh thanks for being you thanks Dave (laughs) so all of Megan's contact info will be in the description below and I'm going to throw it back to myself in the studio Thanks again to Megan for joining me. Uh, If you are in the Vancouver area and you want to work with her in person or by miracle of the interweb, want to work with her online, you can find her on Instagram. It's at ocean underscore rehab. Her Facebook is ocean rehab and fitness. And her email is Megan, M-E-G-A-N at ocean rehab and fitness.com. Of course, I'll put all like the links to her course and like other info like that in the description as well. So that's going to be it for this week. I will be back with an episode five, shocker, where I'm going to do a bit of a Paralympic preview. Uh, Since it's clear by my comments in the last show, I don't really know much about any of these sports. So I thought I'd take the time to dig in and really see what the deal is. So I'd like to thank you for joining me. I'd like to thank Megan for joining me. And I will see you guys next time.